as entrepreneurs, we all want to make a difference. And we want to keep on making a difference and leave a tremendous legacy. Well, I have a remarkable guest today. Uh, she is an amazing individual. I've known her over a number of years. We hang out at some of these CEO mastermind groups together. And she's the one that everyone looks to to really understand the estate planning, the business succession, and a lot of legal issues, which is really high. But what I want to talk about today, I've asked uh, Denise to really focus in like a laser, is this whole process of estate planning for entrepreneurs, the opportunity for us to really deal with our personal side and our business side so that we have everything taken care of no matter what happens in life. It is an amazing opportunity for each and every one of us because we all know we're not going to get out of this game alive, but we're going to win the game nonetheless. I'm John Bowen. You are at AES Nation. It's all about accelerating your success and you want to stay tuned because we're going to show you how to do it. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Denise, I am so excited to have you here today. You and I have sat together at many of the uh, uh, mastermind groups, uh, Joe Polish's Genius Network in particular, and you're one of those attorneys who really thinks big picture. You're an entrepreneur. You're making things happen. You've been practicing for over 30 years, or not practicing. You've been doing it right for over 30 years. <laughs> And you've got all kinds of credentials, you know, the financial side, the CPA, the management, the legal, and you bring it together really nicely. And this is where I see so many of my friends. And, um, you know, before we turn on the camera, I shared one just recently in our family that I had to go through, you know, uh, three years of legal action protecting some family interests. And it's just, and, and, I, know, and I actually referred to my, it was my parent, uh, stepfather, referred him to someone to take care of it, and he kind of did it. <laughs> so, so there's just a huge opportunity, and, and the, so many uh, challenges, both for us as entrepreneurs, but also for family members, and you know, it doesn't need to be. But I want to get a little of the backstory, because I, you know, I think of you as this high-powered attorney, you know, making a difference. And I, did you wake up? I always go, at age five, did you decide you were going to be an attorney? Well, I wasn't age five, but uh, <laughs> the story behind it is actually uh, my uncle uh, was an attorney, and he had an office that was about three blocks from our house. So one day, for some reason, uh, my dad was going to go over there, and he asked if I would go with him. So while I'm over there, my uncle is uh, seeing a client for a divorce, and he, he asked me to come in. He said, would you like to sit in on this meeting? Of course, he asked uh, the client to see if it was okay. This lady was just, she was bawling her eyes out. And all I remember, because I think I was probably like an eighth grade or something like that, was that, you know, when he got done uh, with the conversation with her, she wasn't crying anymore, and I thought, Wow, I wonder if I could do that someday. So, well, here I am, <laughs> some years later, um, you know, doing uh, not divorce work, but 
uh, we deal with many families of entrepreneurs, and uh, it's been a really rewarding experience for all of these years. You know, it's such an opportunity, too, because when I, we survey a lot of uh, uh, entrepreneurs, affluent families, and when we look at the five big concerns that they have, Denise, number one, they want to make smart decisions about their money. They're, they're building that wealth for family and independence. Second is they want to mitigate income taxes. But number three is taking care of the heirs. And oftentimes those first three are interrelated. And then four is protecting the assets from being unjustly taken. And five is going ahead and making, you know, really magnifying charitable gifts. And this is what we see over and over again when we study successful entrepreneurs. And so often they're so busy doing it, doing it, doing it in the office that they don't take care of this. I mean, what's your, your experience in working with entrepreneurs in their really dealing with these issues? Well, that's exactly the problem. I mean, the, there's always a fire to put out at their office, so to speak, that, uh, you know, they don't get around to this. And they, they really look at the process like it's really um, so overwhelming uh, to make that choice uh, as if uh, they can't change it later. I tell, you know, my entrepreneurial clients that, hey, if you don't make a choice, life is going to make a choice for you. And it may not be the choice that you would have in mind. So, you know, give it your best shot now. I'm not telling you to guess, but everybody in your business, you're making educated guesses every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it behooves you to make your best guess now and come up with a plan of how you're going to do those first three things you talked about. Uh, so you can get eventually to that legacy portion, uh, that charitable giving portion, that give back portion, that's something that you can show you were alive here for a purpose. So, you know, it, we uh, at our firm try to take the guesswork out of it. You know, we used to do deal with uh, things in a 10-page questionnaire and the, the standard process. I found, hey, I just got these blank stares and nobody would do anything. So, you know, we boiled it down to two sides of a page. I interview them for the rest. I make them bring their financial information in. And so the process has to be simple. And that is what we've built our uh, process around is making it simple. The hard part is making those decisions. Who's going to be in charge of things? You know, what's going to happen with your business when you die? And well, I tell people, you know, you need a, a written succession plan. But before you do that, at least give me five names of companies that you would feel confident in having your spouse go and sell your company to um, so that, uh, you know, when you die, it's not going to be like a bunch of vultures coming in, uh, you know, for the kill. Um, so I'm sure I'm off your point. No, no, no. Generally yeah. speaking, it's something that needs to be looked at. So we try to make the process very easy. So, you know, as you think about, Denise, one of the things I see over and over again, why I wanted to have you on is, you know, just the horror stories. I mean, you and I, had so I, I, you know, most of my life I was a financial advisor for, uh, you know, many high-tech executives here in Silicon Valley, and then I did sports and entertainment. And, you know, life happens, you know, life intrudes. Nobody gets out of life unscarred. And we're, we're living longer, you know, the higher likelihood of some of us getting dementia now, you know, the health, we're progressing, you know, we want to have all, you know, we're, we're, if you're listening to this, you're already successful, you're accumulating assets, you're making a difference, you're working hard in your business. And what a shame 
to, uh, I'm going to give one example here, uh, Denise, maybe you might give another. I'm, I'm going to think of one when I was a financial advisor. This is a while ago, but it just, it was the first one where it really hit me. Uh, I'm at the south end of Silicon Valley, kind of halfway between San Jose and Monterey, and there's, I'm surrounded by about 20 uh, vineyards, wineries uh, here. You know, I've got an acre of Merlot, too. I like the wine and all that. And, mm -hmm. and one of my clients uh, passed away. And I had just got them at, because, you know, the, the, the classic, I'll call it a heart attack that we have, that they're now getting advisors. And we just got at, right at the end of life. And he had set up the uh, a, really a, a pretty successful vineyard, but not very much cash flow, <laughs> you know, land rich. Ah. And mm -hmm. where the spouse had the income, and the kids had the remainder interest, you know, what's left over, but the kids were trustees. And they didn't, the wife had no ability to make any of the asset, trans, or make any disposition of the assets, and there wasn't enough cash. The family was really ended up being destroyed on the difference of how we were gonna take care of mom, because mom wasn't, you know, had some health issues of her, her, on her own, and they wouldn't, they could have sold a piece of property, you know, put millions and no problem with cash. But, you know, and this is if somebody had worked with the family ahead of time to think this out or as you talked about, you know, when they first did it, they had no assets. You know, it really didn't make any difference. Right. The value exploded and just a real problem. And, and I see, you know, you know, my own family has been touched by this where people didn't deal with things that they were supposed to do, uh, even with, you know, top uh, help around everybody's kind of doesn't want to talk about estate planning. It's like we're gonna, particularly entrepreneurs. We're all going to be immortal, Denise. Yeah, well, eventually we'll all have Google <laughs> tips in our head, just like Ray Kurzweil. Uh, we'll probably well, with Ray. We'll probably have to take. Uh, some of you don't know Ray. Ray's a uh, one of the most successful. Uh, uh, I want to call futurists. I'm gonna, and that's not a right name. He's now head of research at Google, but he's an amazing individual, and I think he takes about 100 and some supplements a year, and he's one most predicting that we will be able to have live forever. Uh, there's a likelihood, and I'm with him if he can figure it yeah, out. I'd love to do that. Yeah, I read one article uh, where they had talked to him, and he said death is really uh, a mistake in the DNA, and yeah. during our lifetimes, he says, we ought to be able to fix that. So I'm with him. I. I'll live with a Google chip and yeah. totally rebuilt by that time. That's well, okay well and, yeah, we're kind of kidding about it, but yeah, the reality is we are living longer. And in the next 15 years, almost every futurist out there, a health professional, sees big breakthroughs. So we've got to start dealing with this stuff now because these assets have to take care of us longer. You know, we're going to have multiple generations that we're, you know, we really want to take care of. And, and, and Denise, maybe, you know, you talked about getting together with you, you know, if they're wh wherever they are, you know, if they're getting together with a, a talented estate planning attorney. You know, it's it's kind of thing that everybody goes, well, I'm not really sure what I want to do. So I'll do that later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, many times people do put it off, but, you know, it's OK to come in and uh, have a sounding board. If you have a good estate planning attorney, that person is going to be listening to what your concerns are and identifying some things. Uh, many times we find that, uh, you know, we'll have 
multiple marriages. So you have children of different marriages, uh, and you sometimes I'll see trustees that are uh, the kids of another marriage from the, the principal beneficiary, the wife, you know, and that causes all sorts of conflicts. So sometimes it's better to uh, rely upon a corporate trustee, uh, you know, because they're going to be impartial and you just give them instructions as to what it is you want to have happen, who comes first, who comes second in the pecking order. But going back to the business, uh, sometimes you have, um, you know, everything is left to, say, children, three children. you got one involved in the business. The other two are going to stand there with their hand out if you don't do something and uh, expect that they are going to get paid the same as what the person is that's working in the business. And so it causes a lot of uh, problems that you can't just sweep them under the rug, guys. You've got to really just decide. Again, make your best guess here of an educated guess. Who's going to be the best to be in charge uh, of that business? And uh, who's going to be the best one to be the trustee? They don't have to be the same uh, people. And you can use a, a corporate uh, trustee and a corporate uh, a trustee to also take over to run your business until it eventually sells if that comes to that because you don't want to have this conflict going on between all of the beneficiaries. The only ones who make out on that are the lawyers, <laughs> you know, and, I, you know, I, I shouldn't shoot myself in the foot by saying that, but I never like to see that. I like to see a, a plan come together like the person who, whose plan it was wanted to see it. You know, I, I see it time and time again, Denise, that, you know, there's a very famous beer family that everybody probably that's watching this has had at least one of their products. And uh, mm -hmm. unexpectedly, the uh, patriarch passed away. Mm -hmm. And he, it was a blended family, you know, multiple marriages, seven kids, and only one child was working in the business. And this is one of the most successful families. And this is all public. And they went ahead and he named the youngest son and one of the moms as the trustees and gave absolutely no power or influence to the rest of the family. And it just, uh, it was devastating. You know, that, that was the last it happened. Uh, he passed away after Thanksgiving and they never had another Thanksgiving dinner together. And I, 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 don't, I never met the man. I know the son that was involved in this. And, and it's just, you know, it's, it doesn't need to happen. So, you know, when we go through and we're doing the process, one of the things, Denise, that I, I think it's so important for all of us to recognize, because life does change, that when we're putting our plan together, it's not irrevocable until, you know, there's some triggering events that happen, usually death. Right. Usually upon death, then it becomes irrevocable. But there are certain things that you can make, uh, you know, to be irrevocable if you want to, you know, such as gifts or different charitable things. Um, but it doesn't have to be. So you can adjust it and you should adjust it according to changes in circumstances. Um, you know, and it may be that because life throws you curves uh, that you had a, a son or a daughter in mind who was going to take over that business for you. But for some reason, they uh, decide otherwise or they they die or something happens. Um, so, you know, that's something that, you know, you have to adjust as time goes on. Well, the, the other thing I think that's so important when we're talking about entrepreneurs is we're talking about individuals who have created businesses, you know, 
and there's some value in that business. And oftentimes, you know, we're talking with the CEOs or certainly one of the most senior people there. And what happens is when you're gone, there's a void. And if you talked about this, Denise, the succession plan isn't dealt with, we can see the valuation come crushing down. I've been involved in a number of situations like this where somebody didn't deal with it. You know, we get the call that there's six weeks before, you know, when I was a financial advisor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's terminal cancer. They've got a business. They're trying to get, they're going to get it in shape in six weeks. Um, it's not going to happen. And what, no. uh, and the, the key employees who are family um, so often are very opportunistic there. And you can see, you know, they want to buy it for a, a song. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's so disruptive. How, how do you see entrepreneurs going ahead and dealing with this business succession? Because, you know, if, if they do it a little ahead of time, it's not, it's, it's really not uh, that challenging. Well, my favorite story is uh, I bumped into an entrepreneur who started a business about 25 years ago, and he had just sold it for $500 million. So I asked him, when did you decide you were going to sell the business? And he said, when I put the business together, I was on the 25-year plan. I said, well, that's a, you're the poster child, I guess, of succession planning. Uh, because most people don't uh, even think about, uh, you know, when they're going to sell. So he had both of his kids were involved in the business, and he went to them about year 20. And he said, okay, uh, when you get up in the morning, is this all you can think about? You can't wait to get to work to do whatever you're doing. And they said, well, Dad, you know, it's a fun thing, and blah, blah, blah. And he says, that's okay, I get it because he knew that it would really take him five years, not six weeks, but five years to really do uh, a good way of building in sustainability into the business so that he could maximize what he could get out of it when he sold it. Now, as entrepreneurs, we all think we have to take this, uh, this idea that we ran with and keep this business alive forever until we die. I think that sometimes is a mistake. Sometimes it makes sense just like he did to uh, plan uh, that we're going to be selling it. Um, and then we're going to be a, you know, a serial entrepreneur, put it into something else, maybe take half of our proceeds off the table so that you can go to a great financial uh, advisor who can you know, uh, have some liquid assets uh, for a change because many entrepreneurs don't have the liquid assets. They're so busy investing and reinvesting in their businesses. So. It's a good idea to really have a plan, and that plan really should be in writing. It's going to be adjusted from time to time, but you need to be working with somebody uh, to question what it is that you have in mind and to throw ideas out for you so that you have an actual plan that somebody can execute against. Um, so if something happens, a triggering event like uh, you are ill, um, you are in an auto accident, uh, whatever it is, uh, you're, you uh, die. Um, you know, there's a playbook that you can play against because if you don't plan, you are actually planning to fail. I forget who it is that said that. John probably knows. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, um, most entrepreneurs always back burner this issue. But what's the biggest asset they have in their estate is their business. So, you know, that, that asset you've got to protect, that's your baby. 
And well, you would always protect your baby, but you're not protecting your own biggest Well, asset. what I find, too, when we look at that, I mean, I totally agree, Denise. And, and what, what happens so often is there's a real opportunity. And the real opportunity, it's, it's simple, is to go ahead and do the succession planning. Because having been involved in about 50 acquisitions along the way, I can tell you, if you have a, you know, a good succession plan, you're raising the value of your business because you've got, you know, as Denise, you're going to, you're maximizing cash flow, you're going ahead and you're building the business so it's sustainable. And here's the thing for all of us as entrepreneurs, it's great without you. And, you know, a great business is one that will continue without you. So you have, you know, the most flexibility, you have the total freedom. Now you may choose never to sell it, Okay, and you, you're, you know, we ultimately have a disposition at death, but you know, right. you you can do that. But having that option, and and Denise, I totally agree. I we call it the five year plan. You, almost everybody needs at least five years to do that. We have an M and A group, uh, merger and acquisition group, so we advise on this in the financial services space. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I see you know, so many half baked ideas. But once they get it, it's like, oh, the light comes on and they're, they're so glad that they went ahead and got the succession plan taken care of. And there's lots of different levels of doing the succession plan. So don't feel like you have to have all of the uh, answers in order to sit down and actually do something. Um, you need a, you know, a broad brush approach to start with. And then you have to identify within that succession plan, who do I need uh, to uh, replicate some of the jobs that I have because now my unique ability has grown beyond what it was when I started. So maybe I came in and I was selling product. Well, now I should not be selling product anymore. I should bring in somebody else, train them uh, on how to do what I, I do the, did the best, and then move on to the next position. And until you can make this a self-managing company, so that you can walk away, you can go to uh, Florida for a couple of months during the winter time or whatever, and that business is gonna succeed anyway, and it's gonna throw off cash for you. Because that way when you sell it, if you decide to sell it while you're alive as one of the options you have, you're gonna maximize your return out of it and you're not gonna buy yourself a a job working for somebody else. And many times if, if you're looking at that six week wonder, guess what? You're going to have to work for that company for three years. And that's not going to be pleasant when you've been an entrepreneur on well, your own. Well, having sold a few businesses along the way and stayed around for the year not, I can echo that too. You know, <laughs> selling it to large businesses. That, you know, some people uh, really, very few, I can say CEOs make it through the full <laughs> earnout. Uh, it's yeah. just, there's all kinds of studies. The average is just, I think it's just under 18 months. But, you know, the other thing that I love in today's world, I mean, you and I are talking, you're in the Chicago area, I'm in uh, Silicon Valley, and we are, you know, using technology, you know, kind of this is a, it's virtual that we're getting together here, although we get together in our CEO groups on a regular basis. One of the things you do um, that I've been doing for a long time, Denise, is this outsourcing of general counsel. I just want to touch on this because, you know, as we're building our businesses, we're scaling up, you know, the, the, some of us have tremendous uh, legal needs. I mean, you've got the scale already, you've got a general counsel, you may even have a full uh, team. 
Many of us though don't, and I have multiple businesses, I have multiple legal needs, and I've just found, you know, really this, the whole concept of outsourcing this virtual general counsel to be so valuable. Maybe just, because I know you do that as well, and it's a little off the estate pointing, but I want to touch on it. Yeah, we kind of started doing that because I always felt like my clients were giving me a ball when it was on fire. Say, here, put it out. <laughs> You know, and I, I kind of got tired of uh, putting the fires out, honestly. So, you know, I, I, I thought that, you know, the large companies, they have uh, a legal counsel that's down the hall from all the management team. So anytime that uh, they have a merger and acquisition target or something going on, they'll go and sit down in with uh, the counsel and, and run some questions by them. Uh, they're part of the team. You know, when it comes to, they are truly a counselor at that point. Um, whereas the, the model that uh, law has grown into for businesses has been, well, I'll hire this person to do one thing and another person to do something else. And, and in the smaller context, small to mid-sized businesses, there's nobody that's able to watch the store. So you really don't know what you have. Uh, for instance, I have one client uh, that I, I have on this program, and when he had uh, 22 companies. So when he first came in, I said, okay, draw me a picture of how these all relate to each other. So he did. Then I asked him, bring me all the Secretary of State's reports, and I'll draw the second picture. You know those two didn't agree. So I said, now let's have some real fun. You give me all the tax returns. Let's see what you told Uncle Sam. Now I had three different pictures, none of them matched, and I had four companies out of the 22 that had never filed tax returns. But nobody knew because nobody was coordinating it. So, you know, this is a-, a Yeah, a I just want to stop, Denise, because yeah. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I think that is something, again, that we're all charging ahead as entrepreneurs. In, and it's so easy to have this happen to your businesses. And as you have more success, uh, you have more entities, you're doing different things and so on. And I think this is an invaluable, I mean, uh, it is, I, I do have you know a, a virtual general counsel. I have a, cause I'm in the security industry, I have to have it on the security side. I have a virtual CFO for the three businesses I have. And, and I gotta say, it's been invaluable because, and it, you know, getting them involved along the way, other than you know, waiting to bring, you know, I just had a heart attack, Denise, here it is, type thing, or yeah, the, right. yeah, yeah, the government is here to help, yeah, give you a call, type thing. Right, like I had a, a call this morning for one of my clients, and he said, this is not a good Monday. And I said, <laughs> why? And he's not one of my outsourced uh, general counsel clients. And he said, OSHA just walked in the door. And to, know it. And to help, too. They always say, uh, I, I yeah, still remember, I remember one time I had the uh, California Department of Corporations come in with uh, five agents showing my reception as badges <laughs> to come oh, in yeah. and help. And, yeah, uh, want to help. <laughs> yeah, I actually had no... No issues, but they billed me in California at that time. They could bill you hourly for the time they spent with oh, you. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's a lot of this stuff that you, you can be preventive. It just, it's so distracting. And, you know, the, the reality is we all have to deal with these regulatory issues and the legal issues. And, and sometimes as entrepreneurs, you know, we're focused on commerce and we miss these things and we don't want to do it. Okay, I, I want to go to the next segment. And the next segment is a, the book of the day. 
and Denise, you know, I'm not going to let you off. Uh, I want you to recommend your book. And so <laughs> let me put it up on the screen. It's, it's pretty new. And tell us what's in there. Well, uh, this book is hot off the press. Uh, it's on Amazon, um, and it's called Your Worry-Free Legacy. I'll uh, shamelessly uh, promote it. Um, what I did is I took uh, uh, most of the commonly asked questions that I get from clients and, uh, you know, the answers, and I put them into a book format along with articles and stuff uh, in the estate planning area so that people could read it uh, and it would answer some of their questions so that they felt more comfortable with the topic as a whole. So, yeah, as I said, it's hot off the press and, uh, you know, uh, it uh, um, is a, um, a good way to give you a real uh, basic view of uh, going forward on your estate Yeah, planning. let me just read it you know, for those of you who are listening. Your worry-free legacy, everything you need to know about estate planning. And as always, we'll have the uh, links at AES Nation. And, uh, you know, I have not read it today because you didn't tell me that you did this book <laughs> until. Right. Yeah, so I will read it. And uh, I am sure it's going to be unbelievably good because this is an area that all of us. Um, I, I, was, I was telling Denise, uh, I gave a talk not that long ago to 100 really top tier estate planning attorneys and I asked them, show of hands, how many of you think your clients, you know, particularly your business clients, have their estate plan in order? And when we worked down through the numbers, it averaged about 10%. And it wasn't because they weren't trying, it's because all of us are out there doing the business and forgetting to take care of this. Right. And it's, right. it's so easy to do. Let me go, I wanna to go to the next section, which is resources. And Denise, um, let me pull up your website. And, and why don't you tell us what's at your website, resources, and how somebody might reach out to you as well? Um, well, the website uh, has a lot of different resources on it. I put a lot of content on it so that people could understand what it is that they have in concepts. I have uh, 70 different uh, YouTube videos that are connected with the website. We usually blog uh, at least twice a week, um, you know, on different legal topics, uh, you know, to uh, both people on a, a list that we have, as well as uh, you can go to the website and you can uh, see those blogs. So, you know, we try to reach out and, and give a lot of information because basically uh, there's so much information out there for an entrepreneur uh, or other clients to try to know. And nobody can know everything unless you're in the business like us. So we tend to uh, share. <laughs> uh, I've gone through the blog, too, and there's so many important subjects that are, are great. Let me go to the last segment which is key takeaways. And, you know, I've taken a lot of notes and this is something, this is an area that I'm real passionate about because I got to tell you, having had the privilege of working with hundreds of very successful entrepreneurs, we just did a study with Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach and Joe Polish of Genius Network, where we surveyed over 3,500. I can tell you that most of us haven't dealt with this area. We, or when we did, we dealt with it so long ago that, you know, our, our, our life has changed, our financial net worth, our business. Uh, I know for sure, <coughs> excuse me, the tax code has changed. The, you know, so much has changed, but we don't effectively deal with this. 
So how do we do it? One, we got to recognize it's a challenge. Two, Denise walked through the process. And it's really quite easy to deal with. You know, at, at our office, we always try to, I say, do the heavy lifting. You, you can sit down with your spouse and have a, a glass of wine and, uh, you know, talk about, you know, four of the top issues that need to go into this and come back to us. And then we're going to fill in some of the gaps uh, for you. Um, but, you know, another area, you know, just as an offshoot of this that, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interest in is, you know, not only passing of wealth, but passing of what your values are. So in our office, uh, we do a, a will of values, uh, you know, for people to actually tell their kids, these are the values we have. And that uh, culminates eventually, many times, uh, into what we have as our life lessons program, where we interview uh, people uh, about segments, uh, different things in their life, and uh, we give them um, a deliverable that is a, a bound volume of their pictures, their words, uh, and a DVD with them in chapters of their life. Uh, I'm not in it, thankfully, because <laughs> nobody's interested in me. So you're, you're transmitting the values to that next generation or whoever's going to take over for you, and you can capture that, that culture that you started with so that, uh, you know, that can also pass along so we don't end up with it takes one generation to make it and two to lose it. Uh, hopefully, we'll have many more generations that will come out of those uh, businesses as we do those successes. Yeah, this plans. is great, Denise. And really, what I want to do is I want to encourage everyone to go out. You know, we always talk about making a difference. Well, one of the differences we should make is to our families, to our friends, to our communities, and having our estate plans in order, having our business succession, our most important asset, dealt with, and just go do it. Your family, your clients, your future clients, they're all counting on you. Don't let them down. We have the transcript, the notes, the links, everything's at AESNation.com. Let's go make a difference together. Wish you the best of success. Oh, thank you so much. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com. <laughs>